Okay. okay, great. Um, hello and welcome to another episode of the football chat room. I almost said my space. Anyway, Precious is here, and we just we we don't want this to be long. And Precious is saying that he's hungry. He has been crying for me since. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry for for trophies and success. And for food too. <laughs> and consistency from Manchester United. But it's fine. I I would manage food for now. <laughs> anyway, um, let's just start from United versus Arsenal. Um, people say Arsenal totally dominated Manchester United, and I don't know if you play that high, that kind of high line. There is no way you will not expect to consider go from a counter attack. I don't care. I don't. Know. I think I must really think he's Pep Guardiola for the next day. Because what guy? That's the thing. The thing is, Arsenal did not start the game with a high line, right? And they didn't even play a high line for majority of the game. They only started playing a high line when Ronaldo came on and they felt like there was no threat in behind anymore, right? At least from central areas. But that shows, like, you know, a bit of tactical ineptitude because Rashford on the left can still make central runs, you know, diagonal central runs from the left. So and that was what happened, and they considered from that. And then even Ericsson was able to even break their offside trap. So that that says a lot about Arsenal's performance. I don't think they had a good game, right? I felt like they were looking dangerous until that goal that was ruled out, right? And even Saka's goal was against the run of play, right? It wasn't it wasn't created or anything. My United's first goal was I think there was there were eighteen passes right to that goal, yeah or something. Nice so, if you include the train. Yeah, so you can't really say that. Yeah, these people they had a good game where you considered from an eighteen pass move and that that shouldn't be happening, right? For the quality that they claimed to have shown in that game, I don't think they I had a good game. Think, I don't think they had they had a good game too much. Nearly scored. I think we had yeah. ball. That that was no. I felt like I felt like they were dangerous. You know, there was always this threat. You know, when they got the ball, I felt like we were pressing them really high, right? And there was always this danger of when they break the press. I feel like they have excellent players. No, Boazinchenko, he's been very good this season, and I think to an extent Saliba too, right? But Massively. I feel like. I feel like nobody real is realizing that Saka is actually having bad games. Right? Of course, he scored, but he has not been performing to the level that I would think would would normally be attributed to him of recent times. Right? So, but it's fine. The game is over. I think it was it was a game. It was a fifty fifty game, right? And we managed to take our chances. And um, took our chances. 8020 to be precise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is it is is what it is. Big ups to um Ten Hag. Like <laughs> most of my analysis for that game, like it's actually in the past now because all like all that comes to mind is this game against Real Society. But I'll try to talk about that game against us now because he decided to go with McTominay and Rashford up front. And even though I didn't entirely agree with that, but like, I was like, okay, he's the manager, right? Let's trust the manager, right? And we cannot really, you know, judge him based on the failures of the previous managers, right? 
he has the chance to make his own decisions and whether live or die by it, right? So he he made that decision and it worked. Like starting Anthony get on on like after him having just signed, right? So we are like I was like to me I was like, okay, I don't really trust this, but let's see, right? And it worked out well. And yeah, big ups to him on that game. Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying so hard not to bring in the real societal decisions and what I think about them until we get to that point. I so I, just think, keep I think we should just get into it right now. No, I think there's there are still some games that I think that we should talk about. Like before then I think the whole thing with Chelsea has to come first, right? Because it happened before the real societal game was just yesterday. So like I said, finally. Tisha was sacked. Now that was that wasn't the prediction that I made, right? But I said Chelsea was going to have a bad season if they keep playing the way they do, because that is not how you win league titles. You cannot play that way and win a league title. And there goes like people saying, yeah, it's it's harder to win the Champions League. No, no, no. You can't get away playing like that in the Champions League. It's not a league game. Both sides want to win. You get in the Champions League, right? But in the league. These people can come to play for one point. Sometimes, sometimes I sometimes in the Champions League play to lose, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not they, they, they're watched, just happy to have you around. I watched. To, to have I, you watched I watched Baka's game against Victoria Pleasant, and I was disgusted because no. Xavi, Xavi's defenders were just behind the midfield line, and whenever these guys got the ball, they played the back pass. I don't know the nonsense they were trying to do. No, they didn't come to win that match, obviously. That's the same thing I said when I watched Manchester Nottingham Forest. Those guys did not come to win the match. Now, in contrast, if you watch Man City Aston Villa, you can see the difference. Do you get? Last yeah. minute tackles, putting body on the line. Ashley Young had a wonderful game. He came in as a substitute for Matty Cash, but he had an excellent game. He wasn't outpaced by Foden for once throughout the game, and he was very strong defensively. Now, that's the kind of players that you need for those kind of games, right? Especially if you're playing in relatively smaller club, right? You need players that are going to be determined, right? People that have something at stake. Not people that just want to roll over, you know, bend over for the other team because they're the bigger team, right? So, like, these guys, they really brought their game. <laughs> and... Aston Villa should have won that match, right? Because they had a goal that was wrongly ruled out for offside. Yeah. But that's fine. We are not going to even talk about the stinker that VAR has been of recent, both in the UEFA and the Premier League. Oh my goodness. Yes, this, right. I, I was you know, yes, okay. Well, when we get there, when we get there, but let's just let, no, no, let... we're we going to in, in the in the Man United game, there was a controversial decision. In the Chelsea game, there was a controversial decision. I right. know the United's decision was controversial in the no, Premier no. League. In the Premier League, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right? The main, the main use of VAR, right, in the first place, is for clear and obvious errors, right? And then there is no way in this world, just by the definition of obvious, that you would look at obvious for that long, right? The VAR should be able to decide conclusively. Yeah, referee, you've made an error here, right? Or that you've not, 
it should be clear and obvious. If if the ref, I don't even believe that the referee has to come and look at it because the video assistant referee is the referee, right? And if it's something that is clear and obvious, he shouldn't have to come and look at it, right? So I feel like this whole VAR thing is just it's going terribly wrong, right? You cannot you cannot have technology and still do it so badly, right? Because away from the game of United, right? Because it gets clearer, right? When it's less personal. So, I, I, against Chelsea, right? Now, as a sweeper-keeper, you can hear me, right? As a yeah, sweeper-keeper, the main point of sweeping, right, is putting your body on the line and grabbing the ball, right? And there's no way as a sweeper-keeper that you're charging down a player that is at pace and you won't get any contact, right? So, that was exactly what happened. And Bowen even tried to jump. Yeah, he... There's no obligation here, there at that point for him to jump even, right? And he still tried to jump and it was one of his feet that slightly caught Mendy. And Mendy decided to roll and cry wolf, right? Because I know that, I am sure that he was not hot. There's no way that as if somebody that plays football, right, that you'll be hot by that. You even get more contacts than that on corner kicks as a sweeping keeper, right? And then yeah. you want to roll on the floor and cry. And then when the goal is allowed, you're fine, right? No, 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 you, ca- you can't do that. Like, VAR is there for clear and obvious. Not If there's any doubt in it, you have to just let it stand. Like, you have a video of what happened and still managed to get it wrong. I don't even want to talk about the one yesterday because I was about to go crazy about that. I, and... I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not, it's embarrassing. And... Um, because I know the rules. I was yesterday. I was so disgusted because I was watching the game. I saw the block. I thought, okay, the game will go on. Even even and, without that deflection, that's 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 that incident is not even clearly a handball. It's it's not. I'm I'm coming because his hand was on his body. Those ones, those ones are the rules. Like I'm. Oh my goodness. It's well. Anyway, where we get to that game? Let's just talk about Chelsea and then. Okay. There's really not much to say. The conclusion is that you cannot play. You cannot play in the Premier League that way. But like, but, but there were a lot of articles coming out um, that said that he was not even sacked because of his tactics. Yeah. Why Why was he sacked then? Um. They said they had a fallen out with the board. Okay. So the article I read, I think, um, um, said that you know when when um, what's his name. When the new owners came in, two of them, um, Bully and Ebali, um, Marina was fired, and I think some other person, and then um, Czech just left with them. I mean, they played with him to stay, but he left with them. And so there was no there was no footballing background at that club. Obviously, it's a football club, but and there's going to be footballing background, but there was really no background in terms of transfer business and it was a transfer window and <laughs> I don't know many many Chelsea fans don't agree with me um, people might say I have, I have a bias against Chelsea but I, I don't think they had a good transfer window and they spent a lot of money and so all of that stuff and then there's the stuff about um, Thomas Tuchel not wanting to be actively involved in looking for a director of football there was also some talk about Todd Bully. <laughs> Todd Bully giving to Kel advice on the formation to use, <laughs> which is very funny. 
but yeah here we are so there was a lot of stuff surrounding the background of his sacking and people also say that some players and this is very disgusting by the way players leave the i i think it was it was just a who on the spores where the neuros threatened to talk to daniel levy about playing time and Mourinho not giving him playing time. So players, players leave. Players leave. I know at United is the duty of the technical director to serve as the bridge between the manager and the players. That's that's that Darren Fletcher. So players leave that position. They leave the manager and they go up to the board to report the manager. It's very disgusting and it's something that Chelsea Chelsea players do a lot. I I don't know. I I've talked about. What I want, I, I mean, I'm not a Chelsea fan, so my opinion isn't much. But I want to see Chelsea be ruthless, and in ruthlessness, I mean, they should back the manager and give him total authority. So, if I don't want you, even if you are Messi's reincarnation, you will not play. I, it's, I don't know. That, that's just what I think. I just, I feel like, I feel like there should be this balance and respect, right? And I feel like. At the point where you you should be going above your manager is if you, if you've decided to leave the club, right? Then, but if if you're looking for playing time, right? I don't think there should be anything that would make you go to the owners. The owners should not even listen to you at all. But I don't really know. There's always going to be more context, right, to everything. But I don't think I don't think Tuchel, like. I don't think I don't think he, he made good decisions at Chelsea, but I don't know. He's a manager. He decided to, you know, play his way and because there's no way you would be sacked if you were winning games, right? Like all these things aside, all these issues aside, right? If you were winning games, there's no way you would be sacked. And he did not come out any day and say that these players are not playing the way I want them to play, right? They were playing exactly how he wanted them to play. That boring brand of football. That was what he wanted them to play, and they played it that way. And that's the primary job of a coach, right? To say players play this way and win games. And the way he wanted them to play was not winning games. And regardless of whether they were going up and down to report him to whoever, they played his way. And he did not say, Oh, this player did not perform, they didn't play the way I wanted them to play. Right, he always wanted more defense, like protection. They, they didn't protect the back, the the back enough. Had to beat. Like, no, no, no. You can't do that. Not at Chelsea. Should probably look for a job at Burnley. If you want to play that way. What right? do you think of of Graham Potter? Yeah, excellent choice. Excellent choice. If uh, as far as brand of football is concerned, I'm only worried about him managing such big players, right? But, yeah. That, that's my only worry as well. And then the pressure that comes with being the Chelsea manager. Yeah. But if it's brand of football, excellent. Excellent. I think he's the right man to replace Tuchel because he plays the back five also. So, And then he's familiar with one or two players. And I, I think he'll get it done. I'm just sad for Brighton because their season would have gone way better. Really well. I, Brighton, Brighton currently have an XG of 10.4. The fourth highest in the league. They're also the fourth on the table. And yeah, and Graham Potter left with the assistant head of recruitment. He left. He left with most of most of the most of the staff. <laughs> it's just a big loss. Like the the season could could really flip for Brighton. They're, they're in the top four currently. Like it's it's just sad. 
that this is what football is about, right? And then that's the funny thing. Potter could be out of that job in a year, right? Why with Brighton? Like, he was, <laughs> look, he, he was in the top four. You, you understand? Two points yeah. above the... Uh, two points b- behind the top team in the league, right? That's the chance. And we know that Brighton was never going to sack him in a million years, as long as he kept Premier League football. But at Chelsea, like... What what would formally be, would have been good results for you could get you the sack. Chelsea is not okay with top four, right? So, but I, I really don't know. Yeah. At, at every point in the manager's career, they have to you know step up. You Make know, those so decisions. Yeah. This, this is his chance to show himself. I'm not happy that they got Potter because I wanted him to suffer a bit more. But <laughs> like looking at it uh, objectively, right? Very good decision. Very good decision. And then the confidence that he comes with, I, I think he will do well. He had the mind to bring his staff, bring head of recruitment even, like, and it's a five-year contract, you know? Yeah, so, I, I was just going to talk about the length of the contract. Um, I feel I feel if anybody should be giving them, it's Potter. I mean, Arsenal have been trusting the process with Ateta for three years and about £400 million. Pounds. So, yeah, if you're going to trust anybody, you should trust Potter, who has proven that he can do it. I mean, I think that's just stepped up from being Pep's assistant to working into Arsenal and then being a process manager, project manager, trusting the process and all of that stuff. So, if there's anybody that should be giving time, it's Graham Potter. I, 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 I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a Chelsea fan. It's, this is just my opinion. I want Chelsea to commit that authority to a manager and to commit to a long-term project because, I, I mean, Mourinho talked about talked about managers not staying at clubs for long periods and how that period is passed. Well, Pep has been at City for eight years and there are no signs that he's going to leave. Klopp has been at Liverpool for seven years. So the long-term thing is coming back and I want to see it with Chelsea. I want to see it with United, obviously, at my club. But yeah, that that's just my opinion on it. I feel like if, if there's progression, there has to always be progression, you know, for you to keep your job because this is, this is not... It's not a safety net. This is not where you can come and have fun. Even too much job security is not good, right? For a manager, he needs to evolve. <laughs> he needs to evolve. I, I feel like even Ateta has not been properly backed by Arsenal because I think that his squad needs like three more players, right? They need they need competition for places for Saka. Saka at this age and that ability should not be starting every game. That is it. That that's what I think and. I feel like uh, they need that. Then they need a defensive midfielder. Party is always injured, right? They need a defensive midfielder and a proper central midfielder. So, I'm someone... not convinced by by Fabio Vieira or whatever. Probably he might come good in the future, but at this moment, I think it, it will take adjusting. They should have gone for someone like a Ward Prowse, like you know, like Telemans. I don't even I don't even know what's wrong with Telemans of recent, but. I think there, there, was, like there was interest in Telemans from Arsenal. I don't know why they did not pull the trigger finally. Well, I really don't know. Lista is, is a complete mess. Like, Lista City's manager should have been the first to go. <laughs> it's, I, and, and, and on Leicester, I don't know. Leicester did not make any signings till they lost Fofana. And yeah. that's the only signing they made. I really don't understand. And I, I <laughs> And early prediction, but I don't see Leicester finishing in the top six. This top, top six is a stretch. Top ten, this is top six. Top ten. You should be even talking. That's if they don't get relegated, though, because 
there is something about there's something about losing matches, right? This loss yeah. makes it easier to lose the next one. Yeah, it's just like winning as well. Yes. You now feel like the underdog against every every game you get. One goal feels like the end of it all. Oh, oh no, we are here to lose again, you know. And in that squad, like something is just wrong. Like some something is just wrong with that team because I see their lineup, right? And even without the signings, they have a better team than most of the clubs in the Premier League. Like these guys' insistence on not giving opportunities to certain players, right? Like, you bought Dakar for how, for how long now, right? And still not starting games. I, I, don't, I don't want to pretend like I know how to fix Lister, right? But I know that probably Rogers has been there too long. Like, then there's no... He needs... I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even going to talk about it. But I feel like he would have gotten the sack before to show. <laughs> well, football, you know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's. I think just after talking about and that. What about that comeback, bro? Like Bournemouth against Nottingham. I really don't know what is wrong with Nottingham, bro. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-two players now. <laughs> yes, and still losing a two-goal lead over Bournemouth. Bournemouth that was raised <laughs> nine nine one. 9-0. Liverpool. Okay, 9 0 by Liverpool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Managed to get the second half comeback against you. And then the, I, I don't know. Personally, I, I've always liked Ivan Tony. And I, I think I've been very, very outspoken about it. And obviously, he's got a hat trick during the weekend. And it was, I don't know. Let me not talk about transfer speculation, but I want him at United. I, I don't know about that. He's good. I, I think I think he's he's very technical and very physical at the same time. Right? And he fits different dynamics. I think he, he's able to create chances, right? And also finish them. And for somebody that physical, like he's also quite technical. He gives me a hurricane vibe, I can't lie. Yeah, I I think um, I, I think um, people people have seen it as well. Um, there's he's he's playing like king, but yeah, let's let's just get into our Europa League game yesterday so you can go and eat it's 22 minutes already. <laughs> um, I I don't say anything about the way we played, I, I think we played very badly. <laughs> there was no intent, and that it was just disgusting to watch. This is me being nice. I, in fact, I think both teams played very badly, and then the ref just no, 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 no. No, I don't think I don't think Real Society played badly. That was the game they wanted. That was exactly how they wanted that game to go. Right? Like a 50-50 game against United, right? And we are not busting guts. We are probably going to lose. Do you understand? A bigger team, a smaller team like wants a 50-50 game because they can just nick a goal and win, right? It's just like this game is going to be similar to our game against Crystal Palace. Do you understand? Tomorrow. And it's just that Crystal Palace, sorry, not this weekend, probably whenever they resume playing the EPL, right? I, I, Crystal... I don't think there's a decision on the, on the Premier League yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but it's fine. But I know that our next game is Crystal Palace, I believe. right? So, we are going to play against Zaha. Zaha is like one of the most informed players in Premier League this season. Right? And I don't want to see Maguire near that starting lineup. It will, will be horrendous. Start. Will not start. 
it will be horrendous if if Maguire starts tomorrow. Oh, not start. But, and I, what what was Lindelof doing at right back? Like that was just everything died from that part of the field. Like Anthony was helpless. Immediately that lot left for Lindelof. Like I really don't know. And for most of the most of the second half, he was just non-existent. I f- I feel like he should have been solved earlier than that. So I don't really know. I don't really know what to say about that game. It was bad. It reminded me of United under Ragnik. Okay, um, official confirmation. All Premier League games can have been postponed. So, yeah. No Premier League football this weekend. But, um, and there's still football this weekend. You can watch beautiful football. Real Madrid play beautiful football. Baka play beautiful football as well. So, yeah. Um, AC Milan and Napoli play beautifully as well. So, yeah. Good luck to you this weekend. Um, we were on the United versus Real Sociedad game talking about Anthony just before he got cut short. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he had a good second half, and probably should have been substituted earlier. But I don't think Jadon Sancho had a great game either. Like something just felt weird about that team. Like it wasn't how we've been playing for the past three games, three to four games, right? We've been playing major defensively but we've been able to create chances right and in that game like I can't seem to recall one one clear chance created throughout the whole 90 minutes one clear chance was not created against Real Sociedad and like I've always complained like when watching United it feels like we're a man down right in attack it always feels like we are a man down and that was hugely to the fact that the fullbacks were not pushing up consistently enough, right, for us to build a great attack. And in this game that we started with Malaysia and Dalot, you could see the difference. In the second half, Lindelof did not push up nearly enough and neither was Malaysia for some reason. And I think Elanga was even the brightest the brightest pack that we had in that game. And it feels so cliche saying that. <laughs> but it was totally true yesterday. It was the brightest player on the pitch. And Bruno Fernandez went back to playing Hollywood passes. And I don't I don't I don't even understand I don't even understand why he went back to doing that. We were not creating enough, so yeah, he thought he had to create. I think it's 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 something that he does a lot. When the team is not creating, he thinks that he can take on or the creative load by himself. That's the thing. You make the team play worse when you do that. And Casemiro had a bad game. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. It was, it was just horrible to watch. Like, I think, I think he's trying to find his place in that team, right? Because sometimes it's as if I don't know. Ten Hag does not want him to be the defensive midfielder. Sometimes I, 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 I can't, I can't put this on Ten Hag. Casemiro was finding it hard to. It was as if. <laughs> McTominay had exchanged ability with Casemiro because <laughs> Casemiro was totally passing like McTominay, right? And these were not great passes. Like simple passes played very poorly. And he put us in danger so many times. But anyway, that's decision. We can't play that way against Crystal Palace for sure. If we do I, that, we're going to lose. I mean the handball. I, I think I think I think um he said Elanga was the brightest player on the pitch. I think he was Martinez actually, and he just he played just one half. 
yeah, yeah I, that, that shows you i mean attacking wise right but that shows you the level of how bad we had to play right to the extent that martinez had to come in and there were a lot of last ditch saves by him even the clearance from against a lot and Solot was about to tap that goal in. It would have been a, a, <laughs> into an empty net, right? But he managed to intercept that. And there was just more leadership and all that. But I don't think taking Lindelof to right back was a good decision. I think he was very poor with Wan-Bissaka on the bench. I would have preferred to see Wan-Bissaka right back. Wan-Bissaka was not on the bench, strangely enough. He was named on the bench, but then he was in the director's box. So I really don't know why. Mm. I anyway, um, the handball rule states that, and the, this is the first thing in the handball rule: if the ball comes off any other parts of the body of the player and touches his hand, it is not a handball. So, by that rule, that is not a handball. The second thing is that it's not a handball if the ball, if the person's hand is not away from the player's body. And his hand does not make him unnaturally bigger, and that's the second reason why the penalty should not have stood. I, I, I took that decision very personal. Like I was so pissed off because I had there, so much there was confidence. No I had so much confidence in, in the way, that. in the way, in the way the UEFA, in, in the way at least UEFA uses video assistant refereeing. It's just it's 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 not fathomable. Like I don't even understand how that stood. How the video assistant referee looked at that and decided that it was a penalty. Something is wrong. Because there is no way. Like, what I'm even saying is if the ball did not ricochet off his leg, right, that is not still a penalty. Yeah, because his hand is not away from his body. Yes, that is a very, very natural position to be in. There is no way in the world. That, that is a penalty, and I'm tired of apologies from referees. Do your fucking job, bro. Like, and I think, I think now that there's no football, um, we're going to have an episode. I read an article on Medium some time back, and I, I'll just invite him on. Someone talked about referees doing post match interviews to explain the nonsense they've done during the game, and I, I think it's something they should do because it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's just like referees will do nonsense and then. They have the backing of the FA or whoever to apologize for them after the game, and so it's all good. I I feel like they should be more accountable. There should be fines for referees if they, they get bad decisions. There should be suspensions. There should be fines, suspensions. Go out there and coach under pressure. You want this player to what twist his hand? He kept it on his body. What do you expect from him? And like somebody watched this over video. That's the worst part. He watched this over video and decided that it was still a penalty. Like, on the channel that I watched the match on, they said there was no way in the world that this is a penalty. Yeah, yeah, super sports. The the commentator was so shocked that he gave the penalty. And I don't understand, man. I, I, I think everybody can unanimously agree that. I mean, obviously, rival fans were saying, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a penalty, but you lost the game. It's that, that's banter. That's how banter works. But everybody in this life, except that referee, knows that that was not a penalty. The referee did not even, the referee was not even invited to come and check. And he, he decided not to even check. 
I don't even think we protested enough. And which is which is just weird because a team shouldn't have to protest for you to look at the decision. But it's just sad. Sadly enough, it has happened. I feel like in these games, cup games, Champions League, Europa, you have to score at least one goal first. Yeah. And we didn't do that. With the way we played, we probably deserve to lose that game. Would have been unfair to win it because the performance was terrible. And what was this Fred in attacking midfield? <laughs> I don't want, like. I'm just trying to keep saying that I trust this manager because he has to make mistakes at least to to know how to get it right, right? But that was a grave mistake. That cost us that game. You cannot have Fred in attacking midfield. You can barely have him anywhere, but in attacking <laughs> midfield, we should probably play him as a left back. I mean, I, I. I expected that um that he'll he he'll do what Brazil do and then there will be a Fred Casemiro pivot and then um Ericsson will Ericsson go in attacking midfield. But currently you can see that nothing is built from deep without Ericsson. Yeah. I think when, I think Eric- when Fred went to the pivot, he became worse. <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> you cannot you cannot do that. You can't just do that. Like do you understand that there was no player that dropped deep to receive the ball, just like Ericsson was doing? Nobody wanted to do it. That's the same, and that was the same issue that we had with McTominay, right? And Fred last season, when the ball is in build up, none of them drops deep to receive the ball. They are always running away from the ball, and then making it so that the centre backs are just passing side to side, right? If you check that goal against Arsenal, right, for most of those games, it was basically Ericsson being able to receive the ball deep and turn with it. Yeah, and, and play, play it quickly. I've, I've always liked vertical passes, and I've always liked players that can that can. Yes, it. now that is that is what you call you don't play around the press. You play through it. Do you understand? You have to play through it. A quick ball in between the lines. And then if the person you played it to manages to turn with it, is quick enough to turn with it, that is a chance created. It's just crazy. Not one chance was created. They will say, yeah, Ronaldo did not score. Not one chance was created for 90 minutes by United, a United squad. It just anyway. brings, back, it brings back sad, disgusting memories. United players should never play like that. I you think don't have done. to do anything fancy. You get a couple of simple passes just, can create a great chance. Football. Yeah. I I I don't know. I that that game was I I we I, spent ten minutes talking about that game. <laughs> I think I think the game does not deserve ten minutes. <laughs> so it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah, but it's fine. We are done, yeah. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for staying through. So the next episode should be on accountability by referees. Um, you should listen. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please engage with our socials. We want to hear what you think about discussions. We look forward to hearing from you all. Yeah, thank you. I realized from our tweet, Twitter interactions that there are quite a number of people that listen to the podcast, right? Because they even knew my voice. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it was kind of a shocking moment where the person was like, yeah, that like he just read this in my voice. And I'm like, ooh. So <laughs> I would want to hear what everyone thinks, right? If you listen to the podcast, feel free to interact with us in the football chat room on Twitter. And let us know what you think. Bye. Right, bye.